Yes, it's time to get your junior mints and your popcorn because it's time for an episode of Bill and Randy at the Movies. And now, here's Bill and Randy. Hello, Randy. Oh, hello, Bill. We shouldn't Isn't talk this too much- loud. We're, we're in the cinema. We're in the cinema. We can't talk too yeah, loud. Yeah, we shouldn't talk too loud, yeah. Hi, guys. You may be wondering what the heck's going on here. Why are we sitting yeah. in these movie, these movie chairs yeah. waiting they're, in a screen? They're damn room? comfortable, yeah. Yeah, are they comfy? Do you have, yeah. your, do you have your junior mints and your popcorn with you? Well, no, I was a Milk Duds kind of guy. Uh, I preferred milk duds, uh, you know, well, with a nice caramel, hard caramel center. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, the, or remember the little ball, a little like the little chocolate covered ice cream balls. What were they called? Oh yeah, remember yeah. them? And you yeah, got I about do. A, yeah, well, that's what where, were they called? Well, we'll look it up. I don't know. We'll look it up. But that's where we are. We're the two fat guys behind you in the movie theater today, <laughs> because. What is it, like Bergdorf and Goodman, those two guys in the Muppet Show? I thought it sucked. <laughs> yeah, up on the, up on the, up in the, in up the, in the box, you know, yeah. yeah. That's us. Awesome. <laughs> but you uh, know what, Bill? The, the thing yeah. is, is that for, for 279 shows, we've yeah. done uh, satire on American politics. But in actual fact, you and I are professional actors who've done film and television and yeah. stage, stage plays and musicals yeah. uh, all, our, all our lives. They paid so, me. And this is our God. first venture, really, into uh, doing a show about um, what well, we I love. Guess say, what we love and what we know pro- professionally, and that's television movies and and television and even stage. If we if we something takes our fancy, we might even yep. do stage um, reviews. Yeah, just for uh, fun. Because listen, I'll tell you guys. Uh, you know, I mean, I I literally. Um, the the show that we do, this angry yelly show, uh, got so depressing last week that I thought, I you know I got to do something else because I'm locked. <laughs> I'm lo- really seriously not funny. Uh, it, depression's a big thing, you know. As you know, you guys know, I lost my wife last year, so I'm living alone for the first time in 34 years, and my 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 daughter's over here. But when you're reading climate change reports. <laughs> In that situation, not a lot of fun, really. So I thought to myself, I said, why don't we be good to each other and maybe good to you guys out there because I'm sure you've been going on through a lot of stuff over there. Yeah. Let's do let's do a fun one. And I yeah. thought... Well, not just funny, let's but do a fun one. Let's just have yeah. fun. You know, let's not yeah. worry about the political stuff. Sorry, this isn't the show in which I'm going to yell and scream and hate people. I'm, I'm not going to do it today. Uh, so this is the one in which we're going to sit there. And we've kind of thought, if I was in lockdown, I'd have a lot of time on my hands. Let's find movies that maybe people don't know about, that mm-hmm. we've seen, that we've really liked, and share them with you. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I, I um, uh, oh, Raisinets. Oh, oh. Oh, Sorry, man, I, they were on the floor. <laughs> they were on the floor. You can't put uh, them in your hand. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, don't do that. This is why I don't go to the movies with you anymore. <laughs> Christ. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking sorry. Up, I'm looking at, I thought I'd look up all the snacks uh, that, yeah. um, that people used to like. Uh, I, I wanted to find what those uh, things were with ice cream. Um, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll find it for next week. But uh, yes, milk duds and popcorn uh, and Dr. Pepper. 
Absolutely. We're all there. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do, folks, right yeah. now, is that we each have three films that we're prepared to show you and introduce to you tonight. And yeah. uh, we're going to talk a little bit about them, uh, give you some idea where you can watch them. Uh, most of the stuff is all available out there. And uh, we're going to start Still, even with, though these are old films... Yeah, Old and these films, aren't. You can still stream them. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we, these are not necessarily our favorite films. It's films that we thought, hey, maybe you haven't seen this, or maybe you might want to revisit this if you're sitting there going crazy, contemplating strangling your cat because they keep staring at you when you're in lockdown and it drives you crazy. So we will start, and I, I want to start it with some nice music. So uh, here's our opening music. <laughs> Yes, Randy, I got you the Quentin Tarantino preview music. <laughs> oh, that's great. Am I, am I Mr. Orange? Yeah, that's right. You're Mr. Orange, I guess. You, you uh, know who, Mr., who was Mr. Brown? I don't know, remember who Mr. Brown was. Anyway, listen, you, he was, your it was first Tar- Tarantino was Mr. Brown. Tarantino is Mr. Brown, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, for the first film selection of this evening, I am going to bow to the elder of the two. Uh, oh, Captain <laughs> Randy. Yeah, just. What, what do you just, have? What do you have? You could have chosen any movie to uh, actually recommend to our viewers, and you've chosen what? The Last Starfighter. Now, What's that? you said you like this as well. It's not I a do. well-known film. 1984. 1984. Uh, yeah, okay. It's This film, it was said when it came out, it empowered teens, okay? Mm. I'll tell you how that worked. Now, for, first, a bit of a, in a nutshell, a video game whiz named Alex Rogan finds himself transported to another planet after beating the last Starfighter video game only to find out it was a test. He's recruited to join the team of the best starfighters to defend their world from attack. Now, this starred a newcomer named Lance Guest, who's still around, veteran, the late Dan O'Herlihy, uh, who we know from so many films. But here he, play, here he plays a lizard guy, and he's almost unrecognizable, but it was a great performance. And then living treasure, the late Robert Preston, in his last cinema film, the the mu- the music man yeah and uh and this was also the first film to use completely computer generated special effects now for 1984 which is the year the the first macintosh came out that's an amazing feat so they're they're a bit clunky but this was the first now star wars was predates this but all of star wars was completely model driven so uh, that that's just like uh um, monologue compared to digital. Now, let me give you the, the, the show in a nutshell. Once upon a time, no one was making movies about the idea of being a teen and doing things that teens do, which would save the world. Then came the 1980s. That was the decade of Spielberg and John Hughes, Footloose, Revenge of the Nerds, and the Goonies. It was the decade when youth culture, which had blossomed rebelliously in the 60s and grown delinquent in the 70s, came back to life to pull all of the American culture onto its web. Not the internet web, just spider web. That was the decade of the last Starfighter. It was the summer film of 1984, 
And this is maybe no movie better than this represents the wonder, awfulness, and absurdity of the 80s. The, the, the wave of AIDS is starting. Uh, all those sort of things. Now, Wonderful movie. Okay. Our hero, our hero, Alex, lives in a hard luck but uh, friendly trailer park outside of L.A., I think. His dreams outstrip his opportunities. He seems to be doomed to live this boring life. He has a girlfriend named Maggie, but uh, not even she can quite understand why he's not content to live his life. Now, this all changes when he discovers that he's good at one particular thing. He's like King Arthur pulling the sword out of the stone, or he he finds he has a gift for um, shooting down spaceships uh, in a video game. Now, there's this video game that's just next to the little uh, 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 store at the uh, trailer park called The Last Starfighter. Now, uh, he knows, uh, he he actually beats it because he gets so fed up. He beats it, and the next thing he knows, some guy comes and says, uh, boy, uh, I've got to take you to uh, save the the uh, the universe. And he, he he first thinks it's like some kind of creepy guy hitting on him, but he all of a sudden <laughs> takes off. And uh, uh, with how would um, he ever have that idea? Is <laughs> a theatrical Robert Press, dear boy, would you have to come with me to save the universe? I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know how he'd get that idea. No, he d- right. he's actually he's reprising uh, Harold Hill. You know, my yeah, boy, you got to come up. You got to come up with me. To, yeah, you got to come up with me to yeah, the, yeah, save yeah, the universe. Yeah. Uh, but, now, the, but we're uh, dealing with very an optimistic cheesy. idea. It's, it's yeah, the optimism. It's very it's the cheesy. 80s. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cheesy. It's very derivative. Uh, but one of the things is, is it's actually fun. It's fun. Uh, it this is. This is really. Um, I mean, I just think The Last Starfighter, I'd love for people to go and see it because it actually, uh, I think, gave birth to a lot of. Um, uh, exciting films uh, of the late late 80s um, uh, and also novels like Ender's Game uh, and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, movies that are out today like Stranger Things and Ready Player One uh, yeah, from Spielberg. They, they are movies where t- the young people are empowered to make their lives and the lives around them better. Now, I mean, this movie actually moves me at the end. Um when he comes back uh, to take Maggie with him, this isn't a spoiler because you know it's going to happen. Um, and uh, it's he, he he leaves from this trailer park in an inter- intergalactic spaceship. It just seems like uh, really str- really strange, but it is so so good. Have a listen to the trailer. Uh, you've been right. listening to some of the music. Uh, it's a wonderful score, uh, but have a listen to the. Um, to this wonderful uh, 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 trailer for 1984, The uh, Last Starfighter. Come on, Alex, they're here! Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance. When it comes, you gotta grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You gonna bust the record! But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then one night. Centauri's the name. 
We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. I've seen them come and I've seen them go, but you're the best, my boy. Light years ahead of the competition. Hey. Alex didn't find his dream. my boy a world on the brink of destruction you were recruited by the starling to defend, to defend the frontier against Zur and the kodan armada of all the life forms on all the planets in all the galaxies been chosen. Alex Rogan. Alex? Alex. Is the last starfighter. For every Earthling who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan. The unforgettable story of one who made it. Wah-ha! The last Starfighter. tackle the problems of the 1970s, we need all the strength a young man can give. Bill McKay has it. The conviction to push for real solutions to the problems of unemployment, poverty, and crime. The determination to put some action back into the United States Senate. The energy to fight the special interests on behalf of all the people of California. For a better way, Bill McKay. You might just make it, my friend. I get the feeling you know where you're going. I don't. Yes, Randy, and that is my selection for my first movie of the movies you should check out, of movies you probably haven't checked out before. It's Robert Redford in the uh, fantastic seminal film about politics called The Candidate. Uh, Came out in 1974, I think it was. 1974. Was it five? Okay. Uh, Absolutely a fantastic movie. I go back to it again and again. The most prophetic movie about American politics I have ever seen. And Redford at its best. Uh, The the whole thing revolves around almost a Jimmy Stewart. um, What if you get Jimmy Stewart in uh, one of those Frank Capra films and put him in modern day politics and see what happens to him? And this it's actually 1972. By it's the way. 72. Okay, sorry, uh, but I, basically, it's it's you start with this really idealistic guy. I don't know. Maybe reflect back on some social organizer we used to know. 
who basically uh, gets involved in politics and the business of politics that corrupts it. Uh, they don't. Uh, let me tell you the plot. Basically, uh, without a candidate to run in the United States Senate, uh, uh, the Republican is a guy named Crocker Jarman, played by Don Porter. And you will recognize him as being, I don't know, I think he was the father of Sally Field in one of those kind of make room for daddy shows. He is fantastic in this. He's great. He plays down the line, rock ribbed, Republican, uh, probably would be run out of the party now as being a you know, a socialist, but, you know, rock ripped Republican. Campaign managers played by Peter Boyle, and if you've only seen Peter Boyle and Everybody Loves Raymond, man, you have not... Or, or Young Frankenstein. Or Young Frankenstein. You have not touched the career of this guy. Uh, he yeah, could do anything. Amazing, amazing. Anything. Yeah. The ultimate character actor, whether it be Taxi Driver or Joe, which he did right around the 70s as well. He can do comedy. Uh, Peter Boyle uh, plays the kind of modern-day uh, James Carvel, who uh, finds this guy, McKay, who's the son of a governor, played br- brilliantly. Brilliantly. Who is it that played... Um, Oh damn it! That's that's really going to bother me. I should have that with a uh, uh, Melvin Douglas. Melvin Douglas plays the father. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I knew. I remembered. Melvin Douglas plays the father, who is the governor, and he and his son don't get along because Melvin's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's how basically uh, he comes back with his father. Basically, because he's pressured to by the party when it comes to when 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 they start to win, the whole thing changes, and it is because he's not expe- he's not expected to win. No, that was his get. Uh, he, he had no hope of no hope of winning at all. No, no hope of winning at all. That's the thing because it, like there's this wonderful scene where uh, Boyle is uh, talking to Redford in the opening, and this won't give anything away. Uh, he sits there and goes. Uh, Hey, listen, for the next six months, you can run around and talk about whatever issue you like and you say whatever you want. You, and Redford says, <laughs> you know, I can say anything I want? He said, yeah. He said, well, why? And he goes, here's your guarantee. And he writes it on the back of a matchbook cover. And he hands it to Redford. And he opens it and it says, you lose. And then he just says, you haven't got a hope in hell. So say what you want. <laughs> so he does. And he starts to catch on. And then slowly but surely, we watch how this bold message turns into sauerkraut. Just turns mm. into shit. Not because this guy's an evil guy, but because he's totally out of his depth in a system that sucks idealism right out of you. <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, Jeremy Larner is the guy who wrote the script. And he... Uh, he won an and Acad- he won an Oscar for it. He got yeah. an Oscar for it. Uh, he worked for Senator Eugene McCarthy, and his political experience provided the film with a great amount of the authentic detail. Larner was deeply committed to the McCarthy campaign, but was ultimately disappointed with the experience, finding campaign co-workers to be petty and McCarthy indecisive. Larner's frustration at the political process set the tone for the film and is mirrored, mirrored the public wish for better government. Um, yeah, man. 
have a look. It's called The Candidate with Robert Redford. I um, just happen to be in the neighborhood. <laughs> Seriously. It's nice, nice to be, to be talking, talking to an audience of working people because I can congratulate you on having jobs. You do have jobs, don't you? How many are out of work? Well, the unemployment figure for this state is 8%. Think of it. The biggest, the richest, the most powerful country cannot keep its full job force working. It cannot tend all its sick people. It cannot feed all its hungry people or decently house its poor people. It cannot educate everyone who needs an education. I say there has got to be a better way. To me, that's what this election is all about. Because the time has passed when you can turn your back on the fundamental needs of the people. And don't think that you can distract them anymore by playing off the young against the old, the black against the white, the poor against the less poor. I think the time has come when the American people realize that we're in this together and that we sink or swim together. And I say to you, maybe, just maybe, that that's the way it should be, a test of our courage, of our compassion, our faith in ourselves, and our faith in our country. No candidate can come before you and say that he's got all the answers. All a man can say is here I am. And that's what I say to you tonight. Here I am. I'm willing to give it all I've got. Let's make it again. destruction, a creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? This is the FBI! What do we tell the president? Tell me exactly why this merchandise is so important to the feds. It's a rocket. A rocket? Ow! What? What's the matter? I don't know. There's something under the seat. Oh, my. What do we got here? What are you supposed to do? Is it a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. How do I look? Like a hood ornament. Stand clear. What was that? Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. It's, you should uh, see the preview, by the way. The, it's it, available on YouTube. It's, it's really great. It, well, the whole movie's available on yeah. YouTube. Now, this, uh, uh, and, and I, I've got to tell you, this is, to me, an intelligent Indiana Jones. It really made me sit up and think. It's meant to be a, a Saturday matinee kind of movie. But whereas Indiana Jones uh, uh, sort of uh, took uh, inspiration, um, uh, it, it, it was a, it took the inspiration from the Saturday um, serials of the '30s and '40s. Rocketeer actually used them as a model. He actually, they, it actually was meant to be like one. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's had. A, it is yeah, so much you know I mean? fun, by uh, the way. It is just a yeah, blast. It's thirty years. It's thirty years yeah. later. It's still popular thirty years yeah. later. But it was kind of a commercial disappointment for. Died Disney. in the ass. I remember. I, I I couldn't understand yeah. it. Well, no, no, no. It made a it made a profit eventually in uh, rentals, but uh, it was beaten by. Um, yeah, Robin Hood and a few other movies yeah. that year. Did Disney wanted it to be the summer hit of '91? That's when it came yeah. out, and they called it the rocket rocket powered Indiana Jones. Big merch. They were going to have has an amazing score by James Horner. I think second only to John um, Williams Titanic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, James Horner. No, no. You said second only to John Williams. I would think. Yeah. No, second only to Titanic. Um, oh right. It, right. it, it was going to be a new. Th- yeah, it was going to be a new theme park ride at Disney. It was uh, the first big outing for action director Joe Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's often referred to as the best movie you never saw. The best movie you never saw. So, yeah. It's set in the wilds of undeveloped L.A. in 1938. Dames, planes, gangsters, Nazis, the feds, Howard Hughes. I mean, you liked that um, uh, Perry Mason. It's kind of yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, but um, the uh, the uh, what you're saying about the, the, the set design and the yeah. look of it is fabulous. It yeah. looks great. Yeah. B- Billy Campbell, uh, a young man. It was his first film after 10 years in television. He was 32. It, Jennifer Connelly, her first adult role after The Labyrinth, uh, and she's hot. She's still hot. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly is great. Good. Uh, yeah, she was a – I'm sorry. Gorgeous. Um, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin uh, as the goofy mechanic. Alan Arkin uh, is, is in this Do- film. Yeah. I, I forgot that he was in yeah. this film. He steals the well, movie. Well, he features in uh, our list twice Twice today. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy Dalton, uh, what a plays great this villain! Character that's meant to be, yeah, he's meant to be an evil, evil Errol Flynn. Is he uh, kind of? Isn't he like Sorvino an evil at, uh, British Nazi of some sort? Well, yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. He is. But he's in. He's in Hollywood. He's a Hollywood star. But he's fronting for the Nazis. Uh, Paul Sorvino as a gangster, of course, uh, with a heart of gold, and Terry Terry O'Quinn, who's a is in everything. Uh, Playing Howard let's Hughes. talk. Let's stop now, for a minute you, and talk about Terry. Can now, I? Can I? I can I, ra- can I raise thing. my hand, please? Can yeah. I? For instance, like, Terry yeah. O'Quinn is a fantastic actor. You know, he's, in, he's yeah. He still appears in things. Isn't he great? He was in Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just great in everything. Uh, everything. He was in the the stepfather. Yeah, everything. Remember the the original yeah. stepfather. Uh, Terry O'Quinn. You, you don't know him. You wouldn't know his name, but when you see his face, yeah, you go, yeah, oh, yeah. him. So yeah. now one thing I want to say, if anybody watches this movie, watch for the 
Disney-style animation of Nazi propaganda, because Disney did a lot of American propaganda cartoons, but they must have got the animation group to do these Nazi propaganda films, which I thought, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> to take the piss out of yourself is, uh, that's brave. Anyway, Roger, D- Roger Ebert, the great, late great Yay. Roger Ebert, gave this three stars out of four, which is an incredible. He gave very few four-star films. So this is great. Mm. Um, he liked it. The hero, though, he says, it's, it was being a new, a new action hero, but the difference was is that um, Rocketeer copies uh, the, the, the heroes of the 30s and 40s, whereas the Indiana Jones was meant to be a hero. Now, the movie lacks the, the self-mockery of Indiana Jones movies, but is really more about the simple-minded, clean-cut, less complicated time of, of the late 30s, you know, after the In Depression. the imagination. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 like I say, Bill, Bill, Billy Campbell, who still works a lot, he's a test pilot who d- dreams of winning the big air race, but instead finds, uh, he finds this strap-on uh, thing that makes him the rocketeer. Mm. Um, and uh, he's, he's got the feds after him. He's got Howard Hughes after him. Um, he's got he's in love with uh, Jennifer Connelly, and um, one of the centerpieces of the film is actually this cafe that looks like a giant dog, um, and that's actually a real thing that was in L.A. where all the pilots used to go. So they do. That's why I said it's an intelligent action hero film because it actually stimulated you, I think, intellectually by by giving you real. Real things, not just made up uh, props and stuff like uh, sometimes with Indiana Jones. Hey, stop dumping um, on Indiana Jones. Oh. I like Indiana Jones. No, no, me too. I saw, I saw. Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and was better a, than the Rocketeer. Come on, man. You know, Rocketeer's great. Which one? Rocketeer, if you go watch the Rocketeer, you will not be disappointed. You will have fun. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my choice for the film that is one of the funniest films that I've ever seen is a, a, a film that, uh, uh, have you seen it before, Randy? It's called The In-Laws yeah. with, with yeah. Peter Falk and, uh, and, uh, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, uh, Alan Arkin. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. What, the first time I saw this. I, I I could not stop laughing. Um, the, uh, I found this essay uh, because this is like a cult favorite, just a cult film. Andrew Andrew Bergman, the guy who co-wrote Blazing Saddles, right? He just yeah. finished being on the writing team that wrote Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks, and he came up with this idea <laughs> because there was a film that was with um, with James Caan. And Alan Arkin called Freebie and the Bean, and they they wanted to make a a, a sequel, and our yeah. and James Caan dropped out. So Andrew Bergman had this idea fishing in his brain about a, a New York dentist and his relationship with a sometimes member of the CIA, <laughs> because yeah. and and their kids are getting married, <laughs> and they have to figure out 
you know, they, they, they have to, and he's, he's Jewish. He's like high strung. He's, he's every Jew, Jewish dentist in New York. And he's not sure what yeah. family he's marrying into. And the kid's fine. But Peter Falk is the father. And Falk is fucking hilarious because Folk. as as the thing plays out, Alan Arkin, this meek, mild dentist, is involved in this absolutely zany plot involving counterfeit money, the CIA, and the South American general played by Richard Libertini that literally made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I had I fucking milk and cheese shooting on my nose. It is one of the and there's this point where you can see Arkin in the film. He's holding his hands to his lips. I the the, the reason was is Libertini was so funny that they couldn't get through a fucking take because <laughs> without without without, without corpsing yeah. terribly. Uh, the script is. Ex- Extraordinary. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a little taste of it right here. Uh, this is um, from, uh, the, so uh, I'll set the scene. Alan Arkin's at the head of the table, right? And Peter Falk is, uh, comes in and he's late. And this is kind of meet the in-laws kind of deal. And they're all sitting yeah. down. And they ask, they ask uh, Peter Falk what he does. And of course, it's something totally shady and totally made up. And he talks about his work in South America and about the South American tsetse flies. <laughs> so if you can imagine Alan Arkin's at the head of the table listening to this thing get weirder and weirder and weirder. Vince, how long did you actually live in Guatemala? Oh, he was gone for ages. <clears throat> I was in the jungle, the bush we called it. For approximately nine months. Nine months? My God, that really must have been something. Sheldon, it was unbelievable. I saw things. They have tsetse flies down there the size of eagles. Really? In the evening, I would stand in front of my hut and watch in horror as these giant flies would pick children off the ground and carry them away. My God. All the things he told us. Oh, it was an incredible sight. Peasants screaming, chasing these flies down the road, waving brooms. You can imagine the pathetic quality of this, waving these crudely fashioned brooms at these enormous flies as they carried their children off to almost certain death. Oh, that is, that is just the most horrible thing. You sure these are flies you're talking about? Flies? Natives had a name for them. Jose Grecos de Muertos. Oh. Flamenco dancers of death. You took those slides of them that never came out, remember? Well, that's a shame. I really would have liked to have seen those slides. Me too. Yeah, I left them in a jacket that got modernized. I tell you, it broke my heart because those slides would have won me a Pulitzer Prize. The enormous flies flapping slowly away into the sunset. Small brown babies clutched in their beaks. Wow. Beaks. Flies with beaks. Sight I'll never forget. I was stunned, appalled. What did you do? What did I do? As a consultant, what did you do about the flies? Sadly, there's very little you can do because of the tremendous red tape in the bush. There's red tape in the bush? Enormous red tape, gentlemen. These flies, for example, 
Uh, they're protected against pilferage under the provisions of the Guacamole Act of 1917. <laughs> the Guacamole Act. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's hilarious. That is really hilarious. Um, that is... Uh, Randy, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, uh, I... I uh, uh, it, revisiting it makes me laugh even harder. Uh, well, you were mentioned. You you were mentioning. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there are there was remade. Alan Andrew Bergman, the screenwriter, who's also a director uh, and writer of films like uh, Fletch and other comedies, actually remade this in two thousand and three. Was a piece uh, of with shit. With a podiatrist instead of a dentist, and it piece sunk without a trace, didn't it? <laughs> That that is one of the uh, actually uh, I read up on some of the stories behind the making of the film, and, and to cue in what you're saying, uh, after the in-laws in 2003 came out, Alan Arkin called Peter Falk to congratulate him on all the great reviews he was getting from critics, recalling the original as they trashed the remake. <laughs> 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 Isn't that uh, oh what fame what fame you're so much better than the new one? <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the 2003 DVD commentary, Alan Arkin relates that Marlon Brando once told him that he had seen the film 20 times and even imitated Arkin's delivery of certain lines from the film. Uh, writer Andrew Bergman concurs that Brando's appreciation of his script was integral to getting Brando to star in The Freshman in 1990. I, I I never do that. Uh, it is uh, just so much fun. Uh, I'm telling you, hey, do yourself a favor, as do we used to say. Do yourself a favor, yeah. Do yourself a favor. If this is a comedy you haven't seen, don't see the 2003 one. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. 79. Don't, don't make that mistake, yeah. And by Alan, the way. Alan Arkin the, and Peter Falk. I, I want to leave you with one word. Uh one word and one word only, and only you people who know the film will be, be able to know what I mean. Ladies and gentlemen, Serpentine. Remember, Serpentine. <laughs> uh, you're so cryptic, Bill. Anyway, that's those are our films, I think, for this little show that we did today because we're yeah. in lockdown. Yeah. And what well, are I our hope films people again? It. I hope people, yeah, I hope they enjoyed it. Absolutely. Our films are uh, The Last Starfighter. Uh, tell us about where I can find The Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Google, Google Play, uh, uh, iTunes, video, uh, all of them can be streamed on most common services. Uh, Amazon, yeah. uh, Rocketeer is on uh, Disney uh, Plus. Is it on Disney Plus? That. Yeah. Check it uh, out, guys. Yeah, that's, the, that's the second tier one that, that you pay a little bit extra for. But yeah, uh, but you can also see it on Google Play, uh, mm. YouTube streaming. Uh, most of these films are available at least half a dozen places. Right. And uh, of course, The Candidate with Robert Redford, 1972. I got, I watched mine on Google Movies. It is available there for rent uh, and to buy. And it's a, it's a good movie to buy. And, yeah. uh, and then, of course, uh, The In-Laws with uh, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, also available, I believe, on YouTube. I got mine, both of those on YouTube movies. And they're worth the investment. Rent them. You, won't, you will not be disappointed. They're so much fun. So that's our little detour into fun and thrills. 
Did you have a good time, Randy? Let's do it again, Billy. I, I want to do it again. Uh, we'll, let's we'll let's do, it do again. Uh, Bill and Randy at the movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sis- so the Siskel and Ebel- Ebert of the 21st century. <laughs> well, I I I I kind of look like Roger Ebert and John Candy all at once. So, yeah, me too. Yeah, there you go. Double double. That's Eberts. how we met. That's how we met. That's how we met. You know. Hey, listen, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, we will be back next time with more uh, depressing shit. <laughs> No, let's just do this as a movies thing and keep it separate from the depressing <laughs> shit. All right. Well, listen, we will uh, we will be back with you next time for the official Bill Show uh, next week. Uh, and I'll, I'll do the, the lion's roar next time. Um, okay. From uh, uh, MGM. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. You, Thanks bye. for tuning in. Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs>